while we're listening to the gospel story, I was reminded if you heard the story at all, that Jesus put the demons in the pigs and they went off and drowned on the lake. Had a seminary professor tell us once that that's the first time in the Bible that you read about double hand. <laughs> This is my last time what I do. She said, let it rip, we're going to do fighting. <laughs> so this morning I'm going to do something that you probably haven't heard a lot of. And that's to put two stories together. The Old Testament story that you heard of that, and a New Testament story that I will read to you. Is that okay? Had a gentleman back when I was in Mobile on preaching said, Bill, the best words. You hear out of the preacher all these two words. In conclusion, <laughs> I'm not there yet. You've got to wait. So I want to go back to if this Karen can do this magic with the wall to the story of Elijah. The background to Elijah is if I want you to go home and read just behind that story. What happens is Elijah takes on the prophets of Baal, some people call it Baal, the A-L-A, depends on how you want to pronounce it. By the way, I found out all of you guys have an accent. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> so the story goes, they're going to decide whose job is the best. So the prophets of Baal make this big altar, and they wail, and they cry, and they gnash their teeth, and nothing happens. So all the people are watching. So then they look over at Elijah and said, now it's your turn. So he builds an altar and he goes and gets some water and he pours water and he pours more water and he pours more water. So the people are standing there and he says, basically, God, show them who you are. And that man is just consumed with fire. The result is, the people who are watching take these 400 Baal prophets and do this thing. They're gone. So Ahab is the king. He goes and tells his wife Jezebel. I have a question for you. Why are people not naming their baby girls Jezebel anymore? <laughs> <laughs> good name. So Jezebel sends a message to Elijah that says, Here's my promise to you, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be just like those guys. Well, he's a little rattled. So his first trip is he takes off for about 100 miles, and he stops under the world tree. And he says, okay, I've had it. Just go ahead and kill me, just like everybody else. I thought I was doing what he wanted me to do. And look what's happened to me. I'm going to die. So the story goes that the Lord speaks to him and says, you just keep going. I got more for you to do. So he goes 40 days and 40 nights for 200 miles. He's not making very good progress. But he goes 200 miles and he ends up on this mountain in a cave. So I've got questions for you today. Here's the question from the Old Testament. He hears a voice that says, what are you doing here? That is for you. You understand me? 
first of all. What are you doing here? That is for you as a whole group. What are you doing here? Why did you come today? You know, if you're not transformed just a little bit when you walk out that door, what are you doing? I'm waiting to so I get to ask that question. <laughs> what are you doing? Then the Lord says to him, I want you to go stand at the mouth of the cave because the Lord is about to pass by. Well, he, I told you he's slow, right? He waits just a little bit. And he's introduced to that famous tree, Earth, Wind, and Fire. But there he is, right there. Then I grabbed a crowd of wind, tore the mountains apart, and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not the one. You're looking at somebody that grew up in the Texas Panhandle, and I have actually run track in 40 mile an hour winds. You just stand in one spot. There's a story that in the Texas Panhandle, the wind is so strong that it stopped on the day all the chickens fell off. <laughs> so, I've never seen it that much, but we know what happens. The wind can but I want you to hear that last one here. It says, But the Lord was not in the wind. When your insurance policy says acts of God, you just say, The Lord was not in the wind. And he said, After the wind, there was an earthquake. Well, don't you know that? How many of you have been in earthquake? Look at the hands. Sure, they got Elijah's teaching when this thing was doing this. Lord was the only earthquake. So when the insurance man comes, you can say, But the Lord is not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not on fire. And after that came a general whisper. King James says it was a still, small voice. You ever hear that? It's got your name attached to it. There's a comma in your name. I've heard that voice. Da, 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 comma, Bill. Have my name on it. Today it has your name on it. That still, small voice, that gentle whisper, as your name. Personally, as in the seat you're sitting in and this whole group. Because the voice came one more time and said a second time, What are you doing? Well, the story goes on, you won't see it on the screen, but the story goes on that Elijah becomes a whiner. He takes a big old drink of wine. He says, but Lord, look what I did. How great I did, and I'm the only one that they're trying to kill me. And as the story goes on, if you want to read it further, the voice says to him, you go back to where you came from. And you anoint this person king, and you run out all these people. He says, because you're not the only one. There's a whole group of people that have not backed down to this false God. 
just prayed that. Did you hear me? I prayed for all the churches here at Life Center. You're not the only ones here. There's people that are leaving right now, or in a little bit, that worship God just like you do, that love Jesus just as much as you do, that want to hear the scriptures just as much as you do. Pray for your brothers and sisters. We need strong churches all over the state. If not, you're not going to have enough room. There's going to be lots of people. You're not the only ones. So the question from the Old Testament for you as a people, as the body of Christ sitting in this place, what are you doing? Then we move to the New Testament. The story I've chosen today is a fairly familiar one to Mark 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side of the other side of the boat and dismiss the crowd. The crowd was those 5,000 people. What we've seen up to this point is Jesus born, tempted, baptized. He's done all these miracles already. And his disciples just saw him feeding over 5,000 people. So he says, You guys go get in a boat. So they're in a boat. John tells us. That he's coming by, and they're about three or three and a half miles out on the way. All you got to do is look right out here to see the symbol of what it looks like. He went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was a considerable distance from the land, three or three and a half miles. Buffeted by the waves because the wind was against him. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. I told you a couple of weeks ago, the Holy Ghost was just scared But Jesus said, I didn't want to know. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. They heard his voice. They've been with him a long time to hear this voice. And my question to you is, are, are you close enough to Jesus that you recognize His voice? Because of what Peter says right after that. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you tomorrow. So what I have to tell you this morning before I keep reading is this. Before you make a step, be very clear the one you're going to is Jesus. I just asked you, what are you doing? I don't want to go anywhere that Jesus has not invited me. Pretty dangerous stuff. Bill has gone there before and didn't work out. So I say, listen and learn the voice of Jesus. To know who He is and know that He is the one saying to you, come, He said. And you hear that? Don't hesitate. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But he went and saw the wind, he was afraid. And then the saint cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and called him. You, the little faith, he said, why did you do that? 
They, when they climbed back, climbed back into the boat and went down, then those who were, who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. There's a book of the Bible, it's entitled, To Walk on the Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. Or either book. Peter says to Jesus, Lord, could you tell me to come to you on the water? He didn't say, may I? Can I? He said, it's up to you if I can come. He stepped out of that boat and started walking. Another one, for, for two weeks, media, when they're talking about it, as we pack, we keep seeing the waves. It's not the waves, it's the wind. Blows you. <laughs> He's walking and the wind got to it. He stopped looking and started listening to the wind. And the wind had gone. And he had his hand. So Jesus reached in. Are you getting the picture yet? Folks, you just think you're sinking. But he did, you guys remember put your hand in the hand. Of the man who's still in the water. We're about that age, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this son, we all stand with him. He even gets it. Well, listen to the rest of the story. And when they climbed into the boat, when you got a hold of Jesus' hand, you can walk on water. It, it doesn't say, Jesus dragged him back to the boat. <laughs> <laughs> So the fun part for me is this. I would love to be able to see what Jesus is looking at and what his face is like when he sees Because he says, you are a little bit of to death. Who was he talking to? Every servant he never heard of, so he was talking to Peter, right? I think Peter's standing here and I think he did this. He looks around at the guys in the boat. Why did you go? You guys are the ones still in the boat. Walk on water, walk on water, you gotta get out of the boat. So the question from the gospel, by the way, I'm gonna repeat this one more time for you. Everything in the New Testament, in the Gospels, is about Jesus. Every story. You guys recognize that symbol? I've already seen it from you. I'm not real good at that, but this is a nice symbol. When they added letters to the numbers, I was done in math. This is a greater than sign. John, 1 John, chapter 4, verse 4, basically tells us this. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. What? Whatever endeavor you do, what are you called to do? Make sure 
that it's the voice of Jesus that's calling The voice of God, the Father, is going to say, what are you doing here? And when Jesus says to you, after you say, if it's you, let me come out. He does this thing to you. And you shut up. Do not be afraid. Whatever little resources you think you've got, he can turn into a fish drive. He can multiply anything you give him. And after you sunk into the water, like all of us have, you tried real hard and you sank. He's going to reach down there and pull you up. We have a dollar of second chances. So today, if you leave this place, I have a couple of questions for you. If you're the only Christian that your friends know, what's their image? of the side of Christ, if you're it. If you're having lunch somewhere and somebody says, did you go over to that Presbyterian church? You go, yeah. And you're the only person they know that goes here. What's their image in this place? Are you first? Are you waterfall? Let's pray. Father, you've given us an image that we can live with. Help us now. Become people who are willing to step out of the way. We pray this in your son's name, who will reach down and pick us up. Amen.